When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. You guys, welcome to an all-new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your pal Ryan, and listen... There is too much pop culture happening, just too much. And it, it is all, oh my God, I almost said it was all, it's all too delicious to talk about. What is turning, uh, how, who am I turning into? It's all too delicious to talk about. What is that? that oh my God. I'm ashamed of myself. It's all too delicious to talk about. <laughs> But that's truly how I feel. There are so many things that I want to talk about. So I'm hitting you probably with a couple extra episodes this week uh, because it, it, there's just too much. Today, we have an amazing episode for you. Um, we have uh, a New Jersey housewife with an amazing new book out right now called The Weight of Beautiful, Jackie Goldschneider. Um, so it, it truly, I, I, I thought this is a very important book. Um, it, it was a different sort of housewife read and it does revolve around, uh, Jackie's eating disorder that she so bravely has confronted and tells a very personal story that is so real that I think so many people will be able to relate to. And this could potentially help so many people out there. And I just think that is truly amazing. Uh, it was a really, really uh, I hate to use the word enjoyable read, but it, it there was something so meaningful in it that I knew that this was coming from her. This was written by her. This was in her voice. And I think those are the kind of things that we need to champion. And I love, we talk about this in the interview, I love when these kind of issues get brought up on the housewives because you can have the silliness, you can have the fights, you can have the cattiness, you can have the, the fashion and the glamour. But if we don't have these very real issues to talk about to create that foundation, we can't have the other stuff, if that makes sense. So uh, I just love talking to Jackie. I've had a couple of uh, run-ins with her, and she's always just been so great. And 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 but we don't worry. We get to talk about Jersey this season. I get to ask her if she's going to be a full-time housewife this season. I ask her about her potential uh, troubles with Margaret Josephs right now. So there's 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 something for everybody in this this interview. And then directly after, we're going to talk about a bunch of pop culture stories. The Kardashian season four premiere, Real Housewives of Potomac trailer just dropped. Uh, so that's going to all be after that. I didn't want to get 
too silly up front and then go to Jackie, which is, you know, we're talking about this serious issue. I wanted to give her the respect uh, that she definitely deserves, uh, especially with this book. So we'll get into that in just one second. I just want to remind people, if you want to help this show, thank you so much for even having that thought, but leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, you know, it's interesting. I sometimes listen to podcasts on Apple Podcasts and sometimes I listen to it on Spotify. I don't even know what that what that says. I'm a switch hitter. I don't know what that says, but I, uh, so listen to it on both. <laughs> listen to it and rate and review it on both. Also, I want to remind people there's going to be a Patreon live chat tomorrow for today, Friday, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Just sign up at patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. And then my Roni recap from this week will be over there as well. But bring your questions. Bring anything that you want to know. Let's have a, a cocktail. Let's start the weekend together, baddies. That's what we call ourselves, the baddies. Led by the bad boy of podcasting himself. Guess what? I got a full eight hours sleep last night. A full eight hours. I feel like I'm on top of the world. You give me eight hours and a Trenty cold brew from Starbucks, I can change the world. I can change the world. Um, also, I'm on Mention It All, Dylan Hafer's podcast. We just recorded that earlier today, and we get to talk all about the Real Housewives of Orange County finale and what we're possibly going to see at the reunion. And of course, Tom Sandoval's new podcast, which I'm giving him so much free promotion for. Every Everybody loves Tom, dude. Um, I'll probably do a podcast recapping that too. So subscribe right here because it'll just show up on your podcasting feeds. Ryan, you're doing too much. That's fine. I'm saying I'm doing too little, but of course I need to talk about that. I'm only 15 minutes into it because it's been a busy morning so far. And uh, I, I, I'm to give it a compliment, I like it more than the Bethany Rachel podcast. Uh, I, uh, I'm not trying to be negative about anything or <laughs> We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. That's a whole separate thing. But will you guys be listening? And if you are listening, will you continue to listen? Because I think everybody will listen to the first week, right? It's what you do with that platform after the fact. My one thing and what we talked about on Mention It All today is that I just want people getting into podcasting that truly love the form of podcasting, that truly loves to communicate in this fashion. And if your heart is in the right place, I mean, the more the merrier, right? Because I think the cream always rises to the top. Um, I'm in the middle, but the, the real quick. So if you really want to do it, Tom, I hope he really does it. I hope he really commits to it. I hope he commits to getting better at communicating and better at podcasting. I'm not saying that the first one is bad. I have not finished listening to it yet, but we'll talk all about that in a separate episode, right? So you got that mention it all. And also I am on, uh, talk about overexposed. I'm on Melissa Gorga's podcast on display with Melissa Gorga. We recorded that on Monday of this week. It's out today. And I'm all over Jersey right now. I'm, and you guys, if you listen, you get to hear me meet Joey Gorga on audio. Like I did not expect to meet Joey Gorga and it was truly magical. I got to, I got to talk to him about his Instagram photos, you know, where he like poses with the cactus and does inspirational phrases, but it was great. It was lovely. Oh my God. I did it again. I said delicious earlier. And now I said, lovely. I'm turning into my grandma. What is going like? I should, I start knitting something. Anyways, Melissa Gorga, it was it was really fun. We got to talk about housewives, pop culture, Kardashians, Taylor, all that jazz. And it was really, uh, like I said, lovely. So go listen to that. And uh, is it crazy? I, I don't know. I loved it. I loved it. I'm The Jersey audience sometimes scares me because they've just... It's like it's it's a battle over there. There's like a there's a civil war happening, and I just I don't want to be in a war uh, with anybody except for you know the battle I have 
with my weight right now. So that is it, folks. And also Grief Watch 2023. Where is Ryan and his journey with his grief over his mother? Um, you know, I, I talked to you guys about this the other day. Uh, I had a bad dream about her. Didn't dream. I, I gotta tell you, the sleep last night helped. Uh, but it's just that same thing that I've I've had all week where it's like Groundhog's Day where you just kind of forget and then you go to tell her something or you go to share something cool you did or ask for advice. I mean, there's been a lot of times this last two weeks where I've been so nervous, where I felt like I've had imposter syndrome and I'm starting over here at Betches and I just think it's so cool. You know, like it, it, for me, this is just so cool and what what a dream realized. And uh, that's, I think, the 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 tough part is that you want to call and go like, Hey, I, 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 you know, like, what do you think I should do about this or what, you know, I, I was, uh, I wanted to buy cookies or something for the, the Betches office. And I, my first thought was like, Oh, I should call my mom. She'll tell me what I, what I should get, you know, like she would help those things. And I was thinking about all the times my mom had helped me in my life, which is so many, but all those like school projects, did you ever do this with your parents or your mom? where you would wait till the very last minute and then your mom would have to help you put a project together in like high school. And you'd be like, I don't know why I didn't do my set design project, mom. Just me. Okay, cool. <laughs> but like so many times she would drop everything and help me. And I think those are the things. And I think about all of those. I want those memories to last forever. And obviously they will. That's the beauty about memory. But I think the unfortunate thing that we deal with sometimes is that you can't make new ones. And then grief becomes a part of the memories and you want to remember all of the good things and you will. And I think I'm still just getting over residual shock of just even that last week with her that was so intense and so brutal. And we saw things that really were scary and, and, and just, you know, it had all been leading up to that. And those are the times that you kind of flash back and you're like, Oh my goodness, this, what a journey this last year has been. So I think that's where I'm at with Grief Watch 2023. <laughs> oh, you guys slowly losing it. Anywho, let's get to somebody that is not slowly losing it. That seems like they have an amazing grasp on who they are and the message that they're wanting to share. I really highly recommend her book to everybody out there. I have read so many housewife books, so many first person accounts. And I think this was just a really gripping first person account um, of eating disorders, of her personal story and her triumph over them. Uh, this is obviously a daily battle and just to see her so happy and healthy and full of life and, and celebrating the success of, of doing the, you know, of writing a book you know, on the first, any of us that ever get the opportunity to put out a book, to put out your story, that's just amazing. But to have it be such a personal story of, of meaning. And, uh, I think there's just nothing better than that. So without further ado, you know, we're from Real Housewives of New Jersey, the one, the only Jackie Goldsnyder. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 
$30 performance polos and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. You guys, welcome back to So Bad It's Good, presented by Betches Media. Today, I am so thrilled to have our guest. She has an amazing new book out. I just think she's insanely fabulous. I've had a couple of run-ins with her, and she's just been nothing but the best. I've loved her story on Real Housewives of New Jersey, and now she finally has a book that takes us even deeper into that personal, very personal story. She's a mom. She's a wife. She's, I mean, she's a lawyer, for God's sake. I mean, uh, she, she's, she's a writer now. I mean, just truly has done everything. And I think her new book is so important for you guys to read. So before I introduce her, I want you to do me a favor. You go to Amazon right now. Let's just get this out of the way. You put in The Weight of Beautiful and you order a copy because it is out now. We need to support books that are well-written, books that tell an important story, books that add a 360 dimension to these characters that we get to know on reality TV shows. Of course, the show I'm talking about is Real Housewives of New Jersey, and my guest is Jackie Goldschneider. Jackie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ryan. I'm so excited to see you here at Betches. I, I'm I love it. I'm excited to see you. I feel like this is some AI experiment. Yeah. I can't believe it's actually you. I know. It's a long time coming, and thank you for plugging my book like that. I appreciate it. I'm going to keep plugging it. I, this was yeah. such a... Um, it's not a fun read. It's a hard no, read. It is. And you have such a, a distinct voice. And I mean that as a compliment where I felt like I was really hearing you, the real you, when I was reading it. Oh, that means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wrote it myself. So <laughs> um, you talk about in the book, even going through and, and trigger warning that, you know, we will be talking at times about eating disorders uh, in this. You talked about Evan, of course, Evan, the hottest house husband <laughs> in housewives history. I can't disagree. <laughs> you said it was hard for you to share with him, and especially when you were dealing with this in the, the very beginning when you were confronting this. Um, why did you find it hard to share with him, and do you find it hard to share with all of us in such a big, big way right now? No, I mean, when I was when everything was such a dark secret that I held so close to me— um, 
I felt like my habits were really weird. You know, and when I first met Evan, I didn't want him to be scared away. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I was not, I did not behave um, normally around food. And I knew that um, a lot of people wouldn't understand that. So I kept things very, very hidden. And, you know, I didn't want to scare Evan away. And then I felt like after a few years, I just didn't, I didn't know how to talk to people about it. Well, you certainly know now because I just, yeah. I mean, and, and mm -hmm. that's what I just kept thinking. I was watching you on Watch What Happens Live last night and watching uh, you go out to promote this book, which you should obviously be proud of. I was just like, is that triggering for you every no. day? And you just said out there, you're like, no, it's good. Mm -hmm. No, now that um, I'm recovered and the book is out, I kind of want to shout it from the rooftops because the number one thing that I struggled with aside from food was loneliness. When I was keeping all these secrets, I felt like nobody else was struggling. I was the only person yeah. who couldn't eat food um, without freaking out. I was the only, I used to watch people eat, even my castmates. I used to always watch them eat and be like, how do you just put food into your body and not like worry about it? And I never understood how that happened. So now that I'm on the other side, I really want to share my story with people so nobody feels like I felt. I mean, you make a point in the book. I mean, this is uh, 30 million Americans are affected mm -hmm. by this disease. Yes, by eating disorders. Yeah. Um, I, I was really fascinated. You just kind of mentioned this, but in the book, you you were talking, you know, you're living your dream of, you know, you're filming this reality television show and you are paying attention to, okay, I got to do drinks early. I got to start at 5 mm -hmm. p.m. I got to do this. I got to do that. And it becomes like a full-time job trying to hide this. Mm -hmm. Everything centered around my eating disorder. That took precedence over everything. And then the rest of my life had to fall in place around it. I mean, that's, and you, and you, kind of took pride. You were good at it. I was really good at it. I mean, I wasn't proud of it, but no one could, no one really knew unless you looked hard enough. You know, if you wanted yeah, to yeah, see yeah. it, you could see it. But if you wanted to ignore it, you could. Um, you mentioned in the book, Margaret Josephs was one of the first people. I mean, I believe you guys, what was it, you were rooming together at some point mm -hmm. or like you were, and you were afraid, you know, she kind of felt yeah, like she was catching on. Things. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And then, um, that same season, I got called out on it, and I, I, I was sick to my stomach. I remember that moment where I was like, "Oh God, they caught me," and I kind of talked my way out of it. But I was, I was really scared. I never yeah. wanted anyone to shame me into stopping, and I didn't know how to stop. I was addicted to starving myself. I just find that pressure every day to show up to filming or something like that, and will they find out? And that kind of mm -hmm. tension. You know, us as the viewing audience, we're paying attention to these fights of like, you know, is Teresa going to flip a table or something like that? Mm -hmm. And, you you know, if we're looking at you, you're dealing with something so entirely different yeah. that we don't even know about. And when you go back and watch some of those episodes, you know, that's what sometimes I will think about is what are you thinking actually right now? Yeah. So that's it's all in the book. A lot of those scenes, what was going on inside my head, yeah. I wrote about in the book. Um so you'll go back and watch those scenes with a totally different eye now. Yeah. I mean, it's not a housewife book, but if you love the housewives, oh, it's definitely the book for you. But it is a housewife book yes. because the housewives at its best, I mean, it can be crazy and kooky and all of these things that we love to make memes over and things like that. But at the heart of it, it's women's stories. And there's nothing more real than the story that you relate in this book. Thank you. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's, it's a lot of people in the housewives world, I believe, struggle with it. 
Um, and, you know, people don't really talk about it. So hopefully this opens up some conversations. And, you know, eating disorders are a mental illness, especially anorexia is, I think, the number one most deadly mental illness. Um, wow. And, uh, you know, so it's it's high time that we start talking about it. I wanted to read the audience what I thought. Uh, the last passage of the book, which I just thought was so beautiful in the writing, you say, it took me 46 years to love myself unconditionally and no and to understand that true freedom is not caring about what other people think of you, that happiness can't be added up and measured in a notebook, that you can't run your way towards, uh, that you can't run your way toward acceptance, that skin and bones don't make you special. It took me a lifetime to realize that beauty has no weight. There is no weight of beautiful. There is just me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that truly, to me, is like the thesis statement of this entire book. Yeah. And you know what? My turning point in recovery was when I realized that as long as I judged myself based on what other people thought of me or my body or my weight or my looks, then I would always keep an eating disorder in my pocket waiting for when I needed it back. And it wasn't until I kind of let go of what other people see when they see me um, that I could really get rid of all of that garbage. Teach us how to do that. How do you do a that? A lot mean, they- <laughs> of therapy, Ryan. I have my therapist on speed dial. <laughs> um, but you talk about not caring about what other people think, and then you throw yourself in the lion's den of reality television and just covering reality television. I know it's a lion's den. Not only are you dealing with your castmates and their varying opinions from season to season, but we're making memes. We're talking about your performance. We're judging you on a way. I mean, that just seems to be so dangerous on top of battling a disease. What made you want to do it? Um, well, you know, my whole life I was really looking for something to make me feel special. And I thought that being skinny would make me feel special. And then When that didn't do the trick, I thought that maybe being famous would make me feel special. And I've actually had a really good time on the show. I really love um, The Housewives. But, you know, that didn't do the trick either. So I think, why did I do the show? I mean, I was always looking for that something. Yeah. It's just interesting that you put yourself in like one of the most intense. Yeah. Well, I kind of didn't realize it first. <laughs> man, oh man. You're like, wow, this is actually real. Yeah. This is the reality of this is wild. Yeah. Um, I had a, uh, I think I met you for the first time at BravoCon last year at the yeah. Gansvort. Mm-hmm. And I came up to you and I just said, hey, you know, because it was two seasons ago. Uh, you had started off with that big scene with Teresa in the first one. Mm-hmm. And then you really were dealing with your issue through that season. And yeah. I said, listen, that was really great. I mean, I I had talked to so many women that that actually really helped you speaking up. And you had said something of like, well, you know, like, but look where I'm at now. You kind of said this, like, because there was a potential of this past season, you were a friend of, but you killed it as a friend of. Oh, I am loving the friend of role now. You killed it. And people tell me not to say that because I won't get asked back full time. I'm really happy here. Listen, I, I like it. You're coming back full time. You'll never be able know. to admit it. You're not going to admit what? it right life, here, life but you funny. are coming back full time. I already know Let's see what happens. This. Let's see what happens. But I'm, this season is wild. I'm like. Oh, I, I don't even, I, I know I, I can't even go there because you'll just say you can't talk about it. But people, I mean, I can't talk about what's it. What's going on but in Jersey? I mean, like, are you scared day, on a daily basis? No, I'm not scared. I'm like. 
I'm doing people good. People are throwing I'm glasses. Thriving. What are you talking oh, I about? Well, yeah. I mean, well, when does that not happen? <laughs> Jersey's is a different animal. Um, you know, but Jersey's having a great season. That's yeah. what I hear. Mm-hmm. But it's like one of those things where like, I want it now. Like I want to get to it now. And yeah. I do have to point out, and I think this is only going to help the book. You are now in the papers every single day, mm-hmm. not just because of the book, but because of something you did, because you standing up for yourself with Melissa, because of something that you, you said offhandedly on Watch What Happens Live last night about Margaret. I mean, it mm-hmm. seems like you have your hands in every character in Jersey. Yeah. And I'm like, all it took was you just being a friend up for one season and I you're mean, back. I mean, go figure, right? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm really in it. Yeah. Season. But, um, uh, yeah. I was reading Andy Cohen's book and he brought you up a couple of times in yeah. the book because he had to, he was scared to let you know about the friend of thing. And, mm-hmm. and then he also said, my God, she handled it the best of any housewife I ever had met you. It was like highly complimentary. Yeah. Um, when you go into a situation like watch what happens live last night, are you even nervous when you go to these things? No, not last night. I mean, I'm in a different place. I'm talking about the book that I, I love this book so much and it's my story and I feel so empowered right now. Um, so there was nothing for me to feel guilty about. I mean, guilty, uh, uh, scared of last yeah. night. And Andy's good to me. He really, you know, he, he likes he you. He doesn't like throw me that shady, you know, no. those questions to make me look bad. He always treats me good. I was reading that part of the Daddy Diaries and I was like, yeah, like yeah. I, I root for you. We have a nice uh, relationship. Yeah, no, it really does seem. And I'm, I'm really curious when you go back full time this next season, which you won't admit, <laughs> I'm glad that that's going to be You're a nice relationship. You're have a long talk with Evan because he got Where used is to he? this. Where's Evan? You know? Let's do the, yeah. It's hiding or, under the desk. You know? Poor Evan. He just get, <laughs> um, so uh, back to the book. Um, I've talked about this a couple of times on my show is that I battled weight my entire life. And I, you know, I have body dysmorphia. I yo-yo weight. There have been times where I've uh, had, you know, um, yeah, I've, I've talked about it on the show before. And that's why this story, even for a man, was so, per- I, I saw it so much. Or just you had that scene in the book of the the jeans, of putting on these jeans and you repeating to yourself, I, I'm not, I won't be 140. I won't be 140. I won't be. Can you explain that? The jeans? Well, you know, it, until I let go of worrying about what my body looked like to other people, I was still, I was in recovery and I learned to eat, but I was so uncomfortable with the way I looked that I kept trying to convince myself that I hadn't changed that much. So I decided to try on a pair of jeans that I, you know, from my old weight. And uh, I tore, I tr- tried to get them up my legs and then I squatted down and they tore all the way from my knees up through the crotch. And I just like sat there really sad for myself. And I yeah. said, I said to myself, like, I recovered, but is that success or is this failure? Like, I couldn't tell the difference because I felt so awful about myself. Yeah. And I just didn't know how anything would make me feel good about myself because I felt awful when I had this terrible eating disorder and I still felt awful in recovery. So I I really had to learn how to love myself. And then someone made a comment to me that they thought I looked like I weighed 140 pounds and I couldn't let go of it. And it just made me so sad. And I don't put numbers on anything in the book except for that. Yeah. And, um, it made me feel really bad about myself. And that was the point at which I was like, you know what? I'm never, I'm never going to love myself unless I get rid of all of this outside crap and all these outside voices, you know? Yeah. Can you uh, tell the audience what your first memory of 
your, you know, eating disorder, like what that first memory was, was not feeling good in your body? Um, well, that was, um, you know, I started hating the way I looked when I was in high school. I moved to a new town. I was really lonely. I had no friends. Um, and I started gaining weight really quickly. And as soon as that started to happen and kids were making comments at me and I just became like the fat girl and I just hated myself. And I started attributing happiness to being thin and unhappiness to being overweight. And my world became very black and white. And I convinced myself that if I could find out how to get thin, that I'd be happy. So I was always chasing that. And I would get it. You know, I had a doctor put me on Weight Watchers. Um, he told me I would not have fun in college if I, if I was fat. And so I was always chasing diets. I was always yo-yoing and really toxic diets too and things like Dexatrim and- um, Remember the ephedrine that uh, they still used to sell no, like- I never used that because I was scared. Yeah, yeah, I was scared of that. But like they would make these foods like, do you remember Olestra? Yes. Okay, yeah, and chips, like yeah. literally had that anal leakage like morning on the back. <laughs> Finally, and I would just we've said anal it. leakage on the show. Good. <laughs> I'm glad I brought that, Jerry. Um, and- uh, God, I just used to eat that crap all day long, like looking for that magic yes. bullet. And, you know, it wasn't until I found um, anorexia that I was really like, oh, this will make me thin, you know, yeah. and that stuck. And it's amazing how quickly you can get addicted to to something that toxic. Yeah. I mean, because it's your little secret, but also yeah. your little friend at times and things like that. Mm -hmm. Weight Watchers, I remember doing that, that point system and the, the cabbage soup. And it was like, I could, because yeah. I was always quantity over quality, you right. know? Right, me too. Um, yeah, Weight Watchers really taught me how to think of food as a number and a means to weight loss rather than as something that can, you know, be delicious and healthy and satisfy you. I, I stopped thinking of food in, in that um, manner. And I hated food. It was my enemy. Yeah. yeah. Um, you talk a lot about, uh, you know, your book was making me think about beauty standards too, mm -hmm. about, and especially that women have to face on a daily basis, whether it be the Kardashians or even the housewives getting into glam and things of that. Like, how do you approach that as a woman right now? And what do you consider the dangerous uh, things out there that women have to combat now? Right. I mean, so obviously I still care about the way I look. You, by the way, I mean, it doesn't matter that I, but you're gorgeous. Like, oh, thank you. I can you. tell you 10 things that are amazing about you thank right you, now, but it doesn't you. matter unless you think Thank it. you. I do think I'm beautiful now. Um, I've never felt this good about myself. I um, So I still, you know, indulge in the beauty standards, you know, so, but um, I don't mind when I gain some weight. I don't know if I lose some weight because I don't weigh myself. I'm trying to, my relationship with food gets healthier by the day. I'm not fully recovered yet. I'm about 80% there. Um, but, um, I care about the way I look. What scares me now is, you know, all the diet drugs on the market yeah. and how much the emphasis on being thin, you know, everybody can be thin in a heartbeat now. And, um, I've seen some people go really overboard. There's a lot of really, really skinny women walking around right now. And it's such a, a, a a hot button topic because if you say too much, then you're like talking about women's looks and stuff like, but you're also trying to do a service of like warning. Yeah. Women. I mean, but you also like, it's very hard to say something and not get your head bitten off. So I don't, I try really hard not to comment on specific people, but on the drugs in general that I don't feel are good for you. But like, I'll, I'll just say this, like 
a picture came out yesterday, and the woman's body in the picture looked very concerning to me. But I would never say a word because people in the comments who did say something got their heads chewed off. And I'm sure you probably know who I'm talking about. And I I mean, I don't want to assume that anybody has an issue, but I also know that in your 40s and 50s, when you are bone thin, there might be something else going on. But even I, like who I consider myself now, like a voice of recovery and eating disorders, even I would like, wouldn't know what to say to them, you know? Because like, you don't want to assume anything on a specific person, but- When you sat down to write this book, what did you have in mind? Because I think it's such a hard issue to tackle, especially now we are really getting your firsthand account of your battle. What possessed you to even attempt to do this and mine this material of something that you fought your whole life? Well, I my memories are so vivid of everything that I. I mean, I could tell you what I. Oh, it comes off so vivid in the book. I mean, I remember. Food was so traumatic for me that I remember all of these terrible situations. So um, I knew once I was far enough in recovery that I felt like I'm going to make it. I wanted to um, I wanted to tell the story so that other people can maybe find some hope or find their way towards recovery also. Um, and then I realized that these stories are really unique and special and like, this has to be told, but, um, it was great to like get all this stuff out of my head and onto paper. Like for example, that, that trip to Mexico that I talk about (laughs) was one of the most torturous, horrible experiences of my whole life because food just tortured me day in and day out. And it always just made me sad. And I felt like, wow, what a shame that I did that to myself. But being able to take those kinds of stories and um, give them a second life as something that could be hopeful and inspirational, to, not inspirational, but like could help people. It made them, um, it took them from being something horrible and traumatic to being something great. Yeah. I was just picturing like who was going to be reading this yeah. and all of the women and the young girls that it could help. I mean, even the guys that so. it could help. And yeah. also, you know, you're such a great mom and you explained in the show, it's like you didn't even want your kids to grow up with any kind yeah. of issues with food. Yeah. So they've got to be insanely proud of you. Uh, your enemy was never Teresa. It's food. It's this eating I mean, disorder. That's what it is. Oh, you know, two things can coexist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, as well, we, not anymore. Yeah, not by anymore. the way, as we start wrapping up, I was going to say, yeah. what is it like for you to have cash? members like Teresa, a beautiful Instagram story uh, about your yeah, book. Yeah, I mean, last night I did you. my first signing and I mean, there's pictures out there. Teresa and Gia were there with me. What is going it's on amazing. in Jersey? I had a lot of, a lot of my castmates were there with me. It meant the world to me. You know what? Like it's, it's amazing what therapy can do and it can't, it's not just that I recovered from um, my eating disorder. It's that I really learned to love myself enough to be strong and find my voice. And if someone doesn't like that I have other friendships in my life, then great, you don't have to be a part of my life. But also Just like- Just look at that camera and apologize to Margaret for <laughs> that right now. Just look at that I'm camera. I'm not even talking about Margaret. I'm talking like really in general. Like I learned, really did learn how to just do what makes me happy rather than what makes other people around me just happy. Um, but also like I was able to let go of I had to let go of trauma. And part of that let me, you know, evolve new friendships. So it's nice. It's nice. Uh, And finally, uh, Matthew Perry in his book about his alcoholism, he talked about, you know, his alcoholism is always waiting there in the corner doing one-armed push 
push-ups waiting to just jump right back out there. How do you combat this on a day-to-day basis? Not me. I don't know how I ever starved myself because now I'm hungry all the time. (laughs) Now I really love to eat. And it's not like I overeat. It's not like I don't have fears around food anymore. I do still have some fears. I still, there are things that I'm not comfortable with because for so long I labeled them as like bad foods or good foods, you know. Um, But no, I would never, ever go back to anorexia. I know how dangerous it is. Um, I feel so much on the other side and I know that I have to, I know that it can kill you. And so I have a nice long life that I want to live for my beautiful family and a lot of things I want to do and eating and eating disorder doesn't fit into that anywhere. Uh, it doesn't. And that was beautifully said. You guys, this book, The Weight of Beautiful is out right now. So I need everybody to pick up a copy um, she's going to be at BravoCon, so carry your copy with you to BravoCon. I'm sure oh, she will be yes. happy to sign it. I would love to. Talk to people. I would love to. Uh, congratulations on being full-time on Jersey next season. <laughs> We're very excited about that. Are you that. manifesting that? I, I, do you I, have I'm it there, on a vision I, board I, at home? I do. You know what? But actually, I do. I root for you. I want you back. I thought you killed it as a friend of. I thought you killed it of as a regular the season before. And I want more of your story. This is what these shows should be about. Is to right, have Andy, a foundation. you hear him? Andy, you hear him, please. Andy? <laughs> I could go... Uh, whole hour with you so thank you for carving this time because you are on a thank publicity you. blitz thank how you. was it to see your billboard with your, with oh, your book oh my it? god what a special treat like i was not expecting that and i found out about it like 10 minutes before i saw it it's amazing you're doing it like this I, is so um, cool i'm doing it it's really cool um jackie goldschneider thank you so much for being here thank i hope to talk to you me, again Ryan. very proud of you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry? Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Jackie Goldsnyder, ladies and gentlemen. How amazing was that? She was just so lovely. I hope to get to talk to her more when Jersey starts, when we get to see the narrative of whatever story is happening over there, because we have now 30 different stories that are put out in the press, and we get to now differentiate and see which one's true, which one's completely full of shit, and that is exciting. Us Bravo fans, we really have just a tough road to hoe sometimes, because you have to decipher what is real and what is completely fake. Anyways, I forgot to ask this in the beginning. How are you guys doing? Are you good? Was the week okay for you? I can't believe we're at an end of another one. Once Monday hit, it just went. So I hope you have had a great week and I hope you have the best weekend ever. You know, you got a lot to watch. You got to catch up on all your Bravo shows, right? You got Real Housewives Orange County finale that happened the other night. You had Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which I'll be doing a full recap for in another episode. You had Below Deck Mediterranean. Captain Sandy is back to 
uh, tell everybody how to do their jobs. On Sunday nights, you have Real Housewives of New York, obviously, but you have so many other shows that premiered this week. You had Dancing with the Stars on ABC. You had the second season of Special Forces on Fox. There is this Apple TV docuseries, four parts, called The Supermodels, about Cindy Crawford, Christy Turlington, uh, Naomi Campbell, Linda Evangelista, that I thought was just incredible. You had Love is Blind Season 5 premiering the first four episodes last week, and the next four episodes premiere today. You had the fourth season of The Kardashians, which we'll talk about in a second. You have so many shows. You have The Golden Bachelor on ABC, which I... I'm so excited to watch. You also have Bachelor in Paradise premiering this week. And there is a movie that I want to recommend um, on Hulu called No One Can Save You with C Caitlin Deaver. It is so perfect for spooky season. It is sci-fi. There's aliens involved. But at the same time, it is just so beautiful at points. I thought this was just a really great take on a sci-fi genre that flip flips it on its head. There's only one line of dialogue in this, but this thing will scare you. It will spook you, but then also it kind of makes your heart feel good. I highly recommend this movie, but it is, it is a little scary. It is a little tense and you got to stay with it, but it's 90 minutes of just pat. It just, I really highly recommend this movie. Okay. So that's all. <laughs> so guys, that's what you got to watch this week. And also a reminder that on Monday, since the Writers Guild strike is now over, it has been approved and everybody voted on it. And good news, the Screen Actors Guild are going back to the bargaining table with the producers on October 2nd. So hopefully we can report next week that the Screen Actors Guild strike will be over. And then we are back in business, baby. And screw you, artificial intelligence. Um, but what I was saying is that the talk shows, so you got like Seth Meyers, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, all the Jimmies, the, uh, Stephen Colbert, they are doing new shows starting on Monday. And my favorite, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver premieres this Sunday on Max. I'm still going to call it HBO Max. I love John Oliver so much. John, if anybody knows John, can we get John on the show? I know he watches Housewives. John Oliver would be a dream guest. I would cry. And then he would make fun of me. And then I would cry harder. And then, I'd, and then he'd make fun of me more. And then I would laugh a little. And he would wipe a tear away from my eye. It would be beautiful. I just really, John Oliver, I love you so much. So that is what you need to watch this weekend. Okay, moving on. We just got uh, the season eight trailer and cast photo for Real Housewives of Potomac. And you guys, it... This is just what the doctor ordered. Uh, unless you're truly sick, the doctor actually should be giving you actual medicine to make you feel better. But if uh, if you just are looking to, to get cheered up, this Potomac trailer and cast photo, I loved it. I truly loved it. I thought it was exactly what we need right now. It was perfect. So the trailer is three minutes and 18 seconds, I believe. Three minutes and 18 seconds of goodness. And it starts off sometimes... I don't know how you guys feel about this when they do like little bits in the trailer. Sometimes I think that doesn't work, but in terms of Potomac, I thought it, it did work because they start off in, in this kind of weird filtered filming. And it's like an old sitcom called Potomac proper. And they're introducing Giselle Bryan as Cougar town. And she has a scene with Jason from Winterhouse, Mia Thornton as MIA, Candace Dillard Bassett as The Voice, Ashley Darby as Darby's former Barbie. 
featuring Demi and Diamond. She named her boobs in the trailer. Dr. Wendy SFO as the Nutty Professor. Robin Dick Dixon as Love and bas- Basketball. Karen Huger as the Grand Dam and new cast member Neneka as the new girl or Neka as the new girl. Sorry, I'm watching this, so I'm having to like speed through the names. So this is all done in this sitcom style, like 70s, 80s, 3s company, the Jeffersons. And then it opens up on a disco ball and we see like we're like now fancy filming. All the ladies walking down a street. They're at a drag bar just dancing and shaking their stuff. Everybody's having a good time. And then we have Karen alluding to uh, smoking the marijuana, having a good time. We see them doing Pilates. Giselle is telling, uh, <laughs> oh, Karen is telling Giselle to open up her legs. And she's like, they're open wide, honey. But this trailer packs it all in. We meet the new girl, NECA, that says she is spoiled. We see potential relationships issues with Dr. Wendy Acefo and Eddie. We see, um, we see Ashley talking about the Michael Darby, uh, marriage going South. We see her cry about that. We see Mia Thornton talking to her husband, Gordon saying that she potentially looked into a divorce attorney. Relationships aren't safe on any housewife show period. We have Giselle talking to her daughters about, uh, going off and growing up. Uh, we have, of course, Mia getting into a fight with the Grand Dom. Candace getting into fights here and there. A lot of dancing. I see some cowboy hats. Amazing. I mean, these ladies are also just so funny. They're just so funny. And they seem like they get a kick out of each other, which I love. Um, I'm curious, though. We we see Robin crying in the trailer, crying, sitting on the side of the road. And that takes a lot for Robin to get emotional and to open up like that. And of course we have Juan Dixon and all of these rumors, scandal, was he cheating? Is he still cheating? And how much of this are we going to see on camera? Because Juan, even in this trailer says, you know, I don't care about any of that. And I truly believe he doesn't care about any of that. But at a certain point, I think we want Juan to care. We want him to care about this. We want him to care about Robin. We want him to treat her the way she deserves to be treated. Um, so this is all coming to us very soon. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious also Giselle with Jason from winter house. I I'm shocked that that is still going on. This premieres November 5th. So I, I believe this is the weekend of BravoCon, if I'm not mistaken. So we will be able to celebrate. There better be some screening party. I will be, by the way, if this is on Sunday of BravoCon, I will probably legitimately be dead at that point from the weekend than watching Potomac is just so much. If I'm not mistaken, I think Beverly Hills premieres that week as well. My pop culture mind is exploding. What did you guys think? Go watch that trailer. Tell me what you guys think, but it made me really happy. I really, really love all of these ladies of the Potomac. Um, and I'm just interested. I think they can make anything entertaining and it looks like they got some good stuff. The other thing in that trailer is NECA, the new girl says that Dr. Wendy her mom is casting spells against NECA and that she's not, she's not Christian. She casts spells. And I'm like, if we bring up witchcraft in a housewife show, I mean, we got to throw it back to Carlton Gebbia from Beverly Hills. That's the last time witchcraft was brought into these shows. And I think it's high time that we have more witchcraft. Okay. So Potomac, November 5th, go check out that trailer. And uh, listen, I need to end today's episode talking about, well, two things. I'm going to talk Taylor first. 
The Taylor machine is going so hard, so fast right now that I'm truly scared. Like are we, we're going to burn out pretty soon. Like we've, we're going to burn out. It's all positive, but I've now, I've now read think pieces about her and her, you know, week long relationship with Travis Kelsey. Uh, God, wouldn't it be annoying that party that they had after the chiefs game on Sunday, somebody sold a photo of Taylor with her arm around Travis at a bar to TMZ sold this photo. I would be so pissed if I was Taylor. Like if some, like, I just, I hate that. Like, that's gotta be the worst part about being a celebrity. It's gotta be so many great things. The worst part is just somebody like I, if I would hate to be a celebrity ever because I walk around on a daily basis looking like Adam Sandler without money. And I mean, just in the terms of like the way he dresses like Adam Sandler doesn't give a rip. I give a rip, but also nobody's looking at me. So I don't need to like dress up or anything. The fact that these people are just getting photographed in even private situations where they bought out an entire restaurant and they're still getting pictures sold to TMZ. Think about how messed up that would make your mind in terms of trust. Uh, I, I'm sure all the millions of dollars helps, uh, you know, soften that blow, but you know what I'm saying? So anyways, Word on the streets, word on these uh, football streets is that now Taylor Swift is going to be at the New York Jets game this weekend because the Kansas City Chiefs are playing there. So New York, get your security up. We 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 got to – and they actually said that Taylor Swift security has already been doing sweeps. I don't even know what that means. Of like, the, How do you sweep a stadium? Like this is wild that now Taylor is going to go to every Chiefs game. I, I, I hate to say this. Now I feel like Taylor Swift's parents, but I'm like, is it, are we going too fast here? Is this, are we rushing into this at this point? I'm glad you're having fun, but you're going to like 80,000 person stadiums. Like I just, I, well, we thought this out. Like it was so fun this past weekend to watch her having fun in the stand. What if she goes and she starts getting bored of football? Like I do. And she's just kind of like mopey and like everybody's taking pictures of her just moping. Or what if the chiefs lose? And then we have to watch Taylor go like, oh, shit, I'm with a loser right now. This is ridiculous. So I guess we'll see. I mean, this is a great way to finally get me into sports. Congrats. Okay, now moving on to The Kardashians. Season four, episode one, premiered on Hulu last night or Wednesday nights at midnight, or I guess that's Thursday morning. And I have to tell you, I think that a parasite has entered my body and is attached to my brain because I love it. It is completely ridiculous. It has enough real moments that you are so locked in. This starts, okay, so remember last season, they started what looked like a five, they started in like a $5 million music video on roller skates at the start, like, and they had a Beyonce song, and each one of the daughters was roller skating, and it was so fancy, and it was like a music video, except that none of these ladies have a song. So they used Beyonce's song, but it looked so expensive, and I, I, I had an out-of-body experience where I'm like, what am I watching? Like I'm legitimately like, this is wild. You don't need a music video because you're not musicians. And I was like, this is so much money. But this season starts with a conversation between Kim and Courtney that will knock you off your coal mining asses. Kim is in some like tattered up shirt that looks like it probably costs $4,000, even though it's all tattered up and torn. And she's like, what's up, Courtney? It's me, Kim. And Courtney's like, what's up, girl? And Kim is like, hey, I want to invite you to Italy. I got to go do some a Dolce dinner for my brand with Dolce and Gabbana, my, my 
my my brand deal. And Courtney goes, I'm going to pass. I think I'm a little dolce out. And then they get into this very real conversation that ends with Courtney calling Kim a witch, says she's a narcissist, says everything revolves around her, says that she can't be happy for Courtney. You can't be happy for me at my wedding, that you were miserable the whole time, that you always look for ways to take advantage of the situation. And I'm telling you, Courtney had some points. Courtney had some points. I was like, no way, Courtney, Courtney for the win. Now, Courtney obviously has her own issues, right? We could bring that up until the cows come home. But for this conversation, and I thought, and this is how interesting of a businesswoman Kim is, is that they all get to watch cuts of the show and make edit, like make edit notes. Kim let this be left in. That's how confident Kim is right now that she let this in. But it is true. And by the way, Kim admits this. Kim wants to be famous. Kim's always wanted to be famous. Kim loves this. And I think that's very interesting. I think it's a strength and a weakness at the same time. And we see, obviously, all the success that she has had you know, in recent years and also all of the drama that goes with it. Of course, we're talking about t-shirt head. I mean, Kanye, the man who wears a t-shirt on his head now as a fashion statement. I'm so happy that Kanye has lost so much influence because I will never wear a t-shirt over my head. You know, now that I'm thinking, I know maybe I will, who knows? Um, will it make me look slimmer? That's all I care about. But this conversation really just blew me away. Because I thought Courtney had so many amazing points about how Kim operates, even with her family. But Kim is so powerful that I think Courtney is the only one that was able to call her out because Courtney has her own thing going. Courtney's pregnant. She's in a loving relationship with Travis Sparker. She has her own kids plus Travis's kids. And they have this only this kind of separate unit that I think gives Courtney so much confidence in who she is as a woman. Now, of course, you could make that argument, well, Courtney, you know, needed Travis for that to happen. But I think there, I think in this instance, it has made her a better person. Also, it has probably made her realize things about herself and things that she didn't like about her life. And some of those things seem like they revolve around Kim, the things that she doesn't like and how this family operates as an LLC instead of a family sometimes. I mean, uh, Chris Jenner will always tell you this is rooted in love. And for the most part, it is. But there are so many things that seem to go along with being a Kardashian. We always talk about that that concept of that celebrity is not all that it's cracked up to be, is that sometimes these are not aspirational lives anymore. At one time they were, but now I don't know how much I would trade to, to be them. Yeah, they have the jets, they have the clothes, they have the cars. You know what? Now that I'm saying all of those things, I take that back. I do want to be there. <laughs> But, you know, it's just it's so much to deal with on a daily basis that, you know, they can't have off days. You, I mean, like you can't sit there and watch three hours of Dancing with the Stars and two hours of The Golden Bachelor of the Kardashians. I just don't think I can't see things like that happening. Everything has to be bigger, bolder, you know, more of a storyline. You got to date Bad Bunny. You got to date Timothy Chalamet. You got to read everybody's comments about you. It's a lot, I'm sure, mentally. And they seem like they all feed into all of this. And they're still trying to set the trend, even though that I think they are potentially past that point of setting trends. So you're just trying to keep up. You're trying to like tread water to stay in this game. And some of them are billionaires. Some of them are multimillionaires. I mean, they're all at least millionaires. It's just interesting. So this conversation starts the whole show where Courtney's like, yeah, I'm not going to go to Cabo with you guys, with the family. I don't feel like it right now. I'm not going to go to Italy for your Dolce thing. And pretty much you're a witch and I hate you. <laughs> I'm like, I'm in, I'm fully in. 
So then the rest of this episode is pretty much Courtney free, except they do talk about Courtney. Also in that, in that conversation at the beginning, Kim hits below the belt and goes, you know what, Courtney? Um, we all are scared of you. Like we're all on a separate text thread about like help Courtney. All of your friends think they don't know how to talk to you. Like, like starts getting super personal saying that her, like Courtney's own friends go to her. They have a separate text thread, separate text threads. When you find out about them, that they're talking shit about you. It's the worst. It's the worst, but that's what I'm talking about. These people are billionaires and they're fighting over the shit that we fight about. I'm pretty soon. It's going to be like, you didn't like my Instagram post where I showed my coochie. It's wild. So Kim throws that at Courtney and that's when Courtney like, you're like, you're a witch. Ah. So we then, then the rest of the family and Corey Gamble. Yeah. Corey Gamble, by the way, living my life, living the life that I should be living. All he has to do is be with Chris Jenner, which seems like it's not a bad deal. And he gets to go on yachts. He gets to go to Cabo. He's just always just sunning himself and drinking like fancy drinks and eating free food. That is the life that I should be living. And all he has to be is like, yeah, Chris, I want to get that. Badonka donk. Like he's always just like throwing out those little comments. And I, do you wonder, or is this just me that like how many times that Chris and Corey actually do the deed every week, do the hippity dippity. Do you ever think about that? Just me. Um, I just wonder how sexual they are with each other. Like they're flirty, but like when the lights go down, it's like, cause Chris always seems like she's on her third martini once the night hits. And I'm wondering like, do they go to the bed? Like, cause Chris is such a go-getter in business. Is she a go-getter in the bedroom as well? Or does she like need her beauty rest immediately? Like she seems like she has an infinite amount of energy. And I'm wondering if that transfers to the bedroom at all. I'm actually getting, I'm getting myself hot and bothered now. I, I love you, Chris Jenner, please. If the Corey thing doesn't work out, please consider me your loyal servant and potential boyfriend. <laughs> so they go to Cabo and we started that really very realistic, harsh scene. We go to Cabo and now it gets goofy, you guys. It's goofy time. We're having fun. But the fun that's to be had on this is just how out of touch with actual reality they are. So they're in this, this, this van. The daughter is going to this Cabo house, beautiful Cabo house. What's going on in Cabo? Selling the OC at a Cabo segment. Mauricio talks about Cabo all the time. Like is Cabo, like the whoever's doing the publicity for Cabo is killing it. Do towns have public publicists? Is it like celebrity? Like the biggest celebrities this week are Taylor Swift, the Kardashians, and Cabo. Um, they're in this car, and Chloe admits that she, Chloe said, oh, the last time I was in Cabo, I had a, I had a red striped beer and it tasted really good. It tasted like a little sweet. And it was the first beer she had ever had. She had never had a Corona. And then Kim admits she had never had a Corona either and takes a sip and goes like, mmm, little sugary. This is how in, they had never had a beer. And I'm not saying like beer is all that, but you never had a beer. These women are in their forties. They never had their, a beer and Kendall and Kylie are laughing at them because I'm guessing they're, they're obviously huge beer drinkers. It would be great if Kendall's like, I'm a huge Bud Light lady. And then just like smashes a Bud Light can against her head and then belches. But then, so they're, they're sipping. That's what I'm saying. Like how out of touch are you truly that you have never had a sip of beer up until this point, Kim? Like, this is wild. We have that important meme photo that I always use of Kim chugging out of a vodka bottle and she looks like she's about to get sick, but never to touch a drop of beer. 
if Kim gets super into beer now, because by the way, if Kim starts loving beer, Kim would then try to capitalize on that and start a beer brand. Like this is called Kim light. Yeah, it's good for you. And it gets you buzzed. I went to, yeah, I went to Amsterdam and that's where my hops farm is where I make Kim beer. So she does that. Then we go to their beautiful house right on the water. It's just the be beautiful waves. And they start talking about whales. And I can't believe this is true. They start talking about whales and Chloe says, let's us know that she's scared of whales, that they're inhuman. They, they don't deserve to exist <laughs> because they're talking that Chris is saying that the whales get closer to the, they get very close in the water. And Chloe's like, what are you kidding me? The whales do what? And it's like, no, Chloe, the whales don't come up and actually interact with you. They're either in the water, like, but she literally can't. Even Corey's like, what the fuck, girl? Corey is kind of like explaining like, yo, no, it's like they don't, you know, they don't eat you. And then Chloe, Chloe then says this has been a fear for years. And then they actually see whales through binoculars. And she's like, oh, that's gross. That is so gross. Chloe, that's their home. You don't own the ocean yet. And that is their home. Like you, uh, the whales are probably looking at you, Chloe, and going, look at you and what's going on with you and Tristan. I couldn't even tell that was you, Chloe. The whales think you're disgusting. How about that? But then it goes even further because then Chloe says her daughter, and we see the drawings, her daughter, her daughter will draw whales just to antagonize Chloe. And we get a drawing of a whale. And this is where my conspiracy laden mind, which I hate that I have now, I'm like, oh, is that really her daughter drawing a whale or did production do this? Because it was, it was, it would look like a kid's drawing of a whale. But then I was like, it's almost too much like a kid's drawing of a whale. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I can't believe I even think that way anymore. Um, so that happens. We see that that's ridiculous. And, and Chloe says, I don't know why I'm so scared of whales. And then it cuts to Chris Jenner in a talking head. And Chris is like, I don't know why. I don't know what in Chloe's past I did to make her scared of whales. And you know, this, and I, this is going to sound potentially mean and I don't want it to be, but what if Chloe, because always people said she was like the odd one of the Kardashians. She was the bigger one. She was the whale like one, like not whale particularly, but do you think there's something in there? I'm not, I swear to God, this is not a joke at all. Do you think that's why she doesn't like whale whales because she was potentially made fun of? for being different and for being like a different body type than her sisters, which by the way, now I think she's the skinniest Kardashian because that's what all of that trauma will potentially do to you. You know what? I was just thinking I would be interested for Khloe Kardashian to read Jackie Goldschneider's book and see if any of that, if she, you know, what her personal story, because Khloe has got to have a hell of a story in terms of body image you know, the way that comments and things like that can stick in your head. But I truly started thinking of like, why is she scared of whales? Why? I mean, it was funny at first, but then it was like, seemed really real. I'm like, how are you scared of whales? Like, honestly, and then she said some story of like, oh, you didn't read the thing about an LA where they swallowed a couple whole and then the whale realized it was a mistake and spit them out. I'm like, no, I've not heard that story. Are you talking about fucking like that Disney cartoon with the whale? What are you talking about? Where are you getting your news from? Who is pumping the news over at the Kardashians to the Kardashians? So that happens. 
Then you have Kendall trying to talk um, like, you know, she gets asked a question in a talking head about relationships. And she was like, I'm not trying to be therapized right now. I was just in therapy. I'm like, Kendall, it was just one question. Just answer the question. Kylie's there. They they have a conversation about uh, the word titties, titties, tadas, boobies. And because Chloe hates the word titties. Chloe seems like a re just riddled with not just insecurities, but just, just a lot of weird things go on in Chloe's mind. Doesn't like whales and doesn't like the word titties. Now, listen, I don't even know what I prefer. I don't like boobies. I don't like boobies. Tits is okay, but it does sound a little porny. Breasts are okay, but it sounds a little you know, there's not just the right, what is the right word for boobs? What is the right word for breasts? I'm saying all the words, but what is the right one? We need to vote as a society and determine which one will, but Kylie loves it. Kylie's like titties, my titties, titty, titty, titties. And then we get in on a conversation where Kim, uh, says that she is a Gen Xer, but she's like the first year of Gen X and Kylie and Kendall are the last year of, uh, Gen X, but she's just so what is it? No, millennial. Sorry, millennial. She's so excited to actually be in their category, even if it's on the very beginning, like, or end of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, she loves that she could be considered even in their generation, which I'm like, check the tapes. Is that even true in any sort? It, it is so weird because Kim also is like, it's just great. Like, I can relate to them. And it's like, they were little girls, but now we can like talk as equals. Kim so wants that youth vote. Kim needs it. Kim feeds on it. It's a vampire. I need that youth energy. Give it to me. Give it to me. I'm so excited this show is back. I know so many. I think it is so worth watching. The one thing that we didn't get, we didn't get Scott Disick. What's going on? It's me, Scott. Clojo. I love Cabo. Come on. Courtney didn't go. Invite the old Scott Disick. Come on. I've got my hoodies. I got my jewelry. Let me go. Also, we haven't seen Food God in this season, my new friend Food God that I met last week or two weeks ago. Um, but it looks like a really good season. O obviously, with reality shows, they hit you with really good stuff the first episode. But can they continue at this pace? But it looks like the season is good. But next week's episode, it is a little different. We see Kim back on her prison reform where she's like, I've been trying to get this man out for years. And we see her doing like a video call with this man in prison that is potentially... Uh, falsely accused, which is just really real, but it's hard, you know, when you have Kardashians fighting over titties and whales to then a really serious subject matter, it's different than housewives. Cause I think with the Jackie, uh, story and, and putting that into like Jersey, I thought that was really important, but with the Kardashians, it gets even weirder because we're on such a different, different tax bracket. Like all the housewives are wealthy and well off, but we are dealing with such a different tax bracket with the Kardashians that it sometimes weirds me out when they do real things that actually give back. I don't know why, like, I know it's amazing. It is so awesome that they can actually use their commerce as celebrities in that sense. But sometimes it's made for an uneven show a viewing experience. So I don't know. What do you guys think? That was just a really brief recap of this week's episode. Let me know if you want me to keep talking about this. I'm going to probably talk about it regardless, just because I'm that guy. I'm that guy. I love it so much. And I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening to all these episodes. Remember, you can listen to at any point, at any point you can listen to this show. You don't have to listen to it day and date. Uh, wait, somebody just texted me 
Uh, my friend Ann said, Hey, I'm listening to Paige on the toast. And she's briefly discussing the Lindsay and Carl breakup and said how, how guys aren't usually good at gossiping because they don't ask the right questions and is now training Craig to gossip better. Craig's already the best gossip. What are you talking about? I already thought he was kind of good at it. Ann says, yeah, me too, Ann. But now when he goes out without Paige, he's typing in his notes app so he can relay all the info to her after the event. Oh my God. We need Craig's notes app. Craig, oh my God, she's like, he's like Jessel from Roni. Proving again, he really is a good housewife and takes his job very seriously. I would literally pay money to see Craig's notes app now. Me too. I wonder how it's organized and what his shorthand is. Does Austin have his own section? Thought you might funny and comment about Craig being your favorite housewife. Always makes me laugh. Anyways, thinking of you, I'm reading now this whole text with you guys. Love hearing you on Betches. Have been listening to them for years and loving that you're a part of that team now. And thank you so much. I read your entire text. That text just came in. So I had to read it to you guys. I was so scared that I was going to about to be and Paige made fun of me because Paige, by the way, Paige and Craig have blocked me and I deservedly so, but hopefully we can thaw that ice at some point because we're all just people just trying to get by. I love you guys. Have a great weekend. Remember, subscribe because I'm going to put out a couple other episodes, probably that Sandoval recap as well. So you're going to want to hear that. Thank you for all your support. Talk to you soon. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey at gmail.com and follow the show at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to Patreon.com forward slash SoBadIt'sGood. Stay bad, baddies. 